0: From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. Each week, we discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. I'm Annalise Hensel, in for Marty Michelson. Here's our latest conversation with J.R. Well, last week, Tony Evers accomplished the huge task of winning the race for governor, but the hardest work of actually doing the job is still ahead. And late last week, we learned from the Wisconsin Policy Forum that Evers and legislators will have to find more than $2 billion just to keep current state services going in the next budget. Does this come as a surprise for the governor-elect? And what are the options for closing that gap?
1: No, it's not a surprise. Um, We kind of saw some of this coming just the way the state budget is set up. Now the question is what kind of revenue we're going to have in the next budget and that's not quite clear yet. We'll get those numbers later this month. It'll be up to Evers to build a budget that uh, matches his priorities. The question is going to be does he get lawmakers to go along because remember even though Evers won statewide he still has a Republican legislature. He has to work with them on things. Now I've already been hearing things from Republicans, but they're not even going to work on Evers' budget. They'll work off the current budget. And why that's important is that the governors in Wisconsin have the most powerful veto pen in the country. They can rewrite entire budgets with that pen. But if they work off the current budget, people tell me, it makes it harder for Evers to do that because all he can do is basically eliminate things, you know, right down to zero spending. Uh, that's probably not what Tony Evers wants to do. He wants to invest in education. He wants to do some of the things that he talked about on the trail. So How might they work together? That's the big challenge. So even though Evers won, he's now got this challenge of governing with a Republican legislature that does not seem, at this point, really enthusiastic about giving him what Evers wants after his win.
0: Well, and even the day after Evers was elected, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss started talking about looking for ways to scale back Evers' powers. And the next day, it seemed like Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald was trying to downplay that discussion. What do you think Republican lawmakers will do, other than the budget that you already mentioned, but in terms of of the limiting of Evers' powers, and is it likely that they will try to create these limits for him?
1: They've hinted about things so far, things like protecting the makeup of boards for state agencies like the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. They've talked about things like the voter ID law, for example. There was a court case about voter ID, which require the state to provide some alternatives to having, getting a photo ID to vote. Um, Governor Walker is able to implement some of that via executive order. They may want to codify some of that to prevent Tony Evers from having a more liberal interpretation of how, what the requirement is. Now, these are all things they haven't committed to yet. Um, they're just kind of talking about them. The key, though, is I have yet to hear Governor Walker, or at least left, uh, late last week, say what he wanted to do. And that's going to be something big. If Walker won't go along with it, nothing gets done. So these guys can talk about a extraordinary session or lame duck session as much as they want. They have to have the governor on board. What's he going to do? And don't forget, you know, governors can sometimes be protective of the office, even though it's going to change hands in terms of the partisan makeup. They want to protect sometimes the office because they know that the standards that have been set now will continue for other governors unless the legislature changes them and, and the governors agree to it. So will he want to weaken the office after the powers that it was given in the, over the last eight years?
0: So when we're talking about a potentially contentious relationship between Evers and the Republican legislature, what's your best guess on whether we're headed toward a period of gridlock versus compromise? And I asked that question wondering whether Evers and GOP leaders will look ahead toward the next round of elections and how voters will perceive what gets done or doesn't get done in Madison.
1: Yeah, it's an excellent question. I, I really don't know the answer to that just yet about how they're going to proceed or what decisions they will make. How much they want to get done with Evers? Well, they want to, where do they have shared priorities? There is a desire to address transportation, but how? You know, would it involve a gas tax hike? Well, there are Republicans who aren't going to be real thrilled with that idea. Um, Evers talked about an income tax cut of 10% for middle-class families. Might that be something they want to work together on? Yeah, it's just, where do you find common ground when you're so opposed philosophically about how government should work or what's going on?
0: Something else that's been buzzed about since Tony Evers won is the future of redistricting in Wisconsin and the fact that the type of gerrymandering that favored Republicans after the last census won't be repeated after the 2020 census. And some groups have been calling for years for a new method of redistricting that takes partisanship out of the picture, period. Do you think that is the direction that Wisconsin is headed as we approach that next round of redistricting?
1: No. What is really important, I mean, obviously you know 20 years of winning the Governor's office is important for Democrats just because they, they beat Scott Walker, who was you know their top target for the last eight years, because it means that Republicans can't draw the map after the next round of, of the census count. So what happens usually is um, if the legislature and the governor can agree on a bill, they pass it into law, and that becomes the map. So Republicans did back in 2011. But with Evers as governor, um, regardless of whether Democrats can win back the, the Senate, they probably can't win back the assembly, barring like some major, major tsunami in 2020, more than likely you have split government. That means the courts will draw the maps. It also means for Democrats, a much better map than they have. I just don't know how much better. Um, and why I say that is if you look at the map from Tuesday night and look at where Democrats drew their most most of their votes, they were kind of concentrated places like Dana, Milwaukee counties, um, that isn't necessarily conducive to having a 50-50 map statewide. Still, most Democrats I talk to think that any map the courts would draw would be more favorable to them than what they currently have. So that's a huge piece of the redistricting puzzle going forward. Now, you know, maybe Tony Evers, Republicans can agree on a map. I have my doubts that they will, just because obviously Evers is gonna wanna maximize what Dems can do, and Republicans wanna maximize what they can do with the legislative map. So uh, the guess, the smart money right now is that it ends up in court and some court draws the map.
0: Well, we talked to you the day after the election and you shared some of your takeaways then. Now that the dust has settled and a little more time has passed, what are some of the most interesting things that you've been thinking about?
1: The biggest surprise, or one of the biggest surprises out of election night was that the most contested or closest legislative races were all in Southeast, almost all in Southeastern Wisconsin. The exception was a Northern Wisconsin uh, Democratic Senator Jenna Buley won like 51-49 of Republican James Bowen. But there are a lot of, or several, assembly seats that people hadn't really thought of back in the spring as being like top tier competitive seats that ended up being 52-48 or you know around that neck of the woods. So like Rob Hutton, Republican from from Brookfield, that's not been a competitive seat. I think he got 52% of the vote. You know the one seat that Democrats appeared to have, have flipped, and I say appeared because you know there always could be a recount. But Robin Vining in the Wauwatosa area won an assembly seat that is symbolic of the difficulty Republicans have with suburban voters right now. Um, Jim Ott uh, has kind of been, was his seat was actually competitive, and usually it's not. So you're seeing, really, the competitive isn't down there. The Republican problem is in the suburbs. Uh, Dale Coyengo, a Republican state lawmaker from the Assembly, he won an open Senate seat at 51-49, I think it was. That usually had been a much more Republican seat. But if you go out and look out state, like places where Democrats tried to compete in southwestern Wisconsin, western Wisconsin, the fact they weren't even competitive. It shows you that Wisconsin is a microcosm of the country. We are becoming a state of Democrats in the urban areas and a little bit more Democratic in the suburban areas and Republican rural areas. Look at the map that Evers had. He won Milwaukee and Dane counties big. He won. There are three counties across the very northern tier of Wisconsin he won. He won some in southwestern and western Wisconsin. And across the middle of the state, it was red. Everywhere was red. It shows you that um, there's a A little bit of a split where Democrats are struggling with rural voters, Republicans have a new issue with suburban voters, and who can fix those issues better? It's just like the the nation where we looked at, like, the national map from last Tuesday, and Democrats did very well in the House. They picked up all these suburban seats and exurban seats, but they didn't win some statewide elections in Republican states.
0: We talked earlier about the possibility of the legislature going back to the floor to take up whether to limit Tony Evers' powers. What else do lawmakers have on their agenda before the end of the year and the inauguration in early January?
1: They're not sharing yet. The question in Madison is how aggressive are they going to try to be? Will they get some of their more moderate members to go along with them? And what will Governor Walker do? Will he go along with a lame duck session and pass a bunch of bills that they didn't want? To, they didn't get done. Uh, for the past two years, they had the chance to do them.
0: That's Wispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.